Bienvenue! You are now listening to the IFA Paris podcast. This year, our podcast will feature conversations on diversity, inclusion, and disability. I'm Hannah Ahmad, your host for this episode titled Making a Deafening Noise in the Fashion Industry. Thank you all so much for joining me. Today, we are going to be taking a deeper look into the deaf community's relationship to the fashion industry. We love shopping, but I think you'll be surprised when you consider the challenges in which people who are deaf face when browsing their favorite boutiques. We see so much in the news about inclusivity when it comes to physical disabilities. There are many laws for handicapped parking spots, ramps for wheelchairs, and many, many other physical accommodations that retailers are required to provide for their patrons. These are all incredible steps for a more inclusive experience, but I feel like the deaf community is often left out when retailers discuss ways to accommodate all of their guests. Hopefully by the end of today, we can gain a deeper insight on how to efficiently and respectfully embrace the deaf community in our fashion business ventures going forward. Our first guest today is Emma Faye Redkin. Emma Faye is an internationally known role model for the deaf and hard of hearing community and founder to nonprofit organization Aid the Silent. Aid the Silent is a system of support for the four main programs of Deaf Ministry, Deaf Education, Deaf Research, and Deaf Resources. The overall mission is to aid economically disadvantaged Deaf children and teens to reach their full potential in order to live their lives more richly by providing funds to receive hearing and speech resources, things like hearing aids, FM systems, and speech therapy, ASL lessons, ministry-related activities, and education enrichment programs. So here we have my dear friend, Emma Faye. Emma Faye, how are you doing? I am good. It's amazing to be joining from Texas. That's pretty cool. I mean, the Texas pageant together, that's how we're connected. Yeah, it's all so exciting. Um, you know, I gave a brief introduction about Emma and all of the amazing things that she's been doing. And I think we're just going to get right into it and get to hear her story and her connection to the fashion industry. Because I don't know if you guys follow her on Instagram, but she's seriously one of the most stylish people I've ever seen. She loves fashion and her outfits are always on point. So I can't wait to hear her testimony and hear what's going on. Um so just to get started, Emma, like, tell us about your style. Tell us about, like, your fashion sense. Like, how would you describe your style? That's good. I remember when I was in middle school and high school, learning what your sense of fashion would be. And when, you know, when you're young, you want to touch me to stay in things. And I've always been, you know, a little crazy and different. So I would find things like now, but I would try to copy that and it wouldn't look the same. So I think once I got to high school, realizing how to dress your body types and how to be individualistic, I remember I was always wearing crazy makeup and 
and bright lipstick. And people would always say like, well, that's really out there, but it respected me because it was different. Um, and it's interesting, women always say, like, oh, I could never wear that, or I could never wear red lipstick. I think like that I said constant. I'm just like, no, you can wear this, like, you can believe it and have that confidence that you too can pull it off because the reason I pull off things that are very random and colorful and um, crazy is because I believe I can, so I just do it. Um, that's probably where my fashion sense kind of started, but a lot of it is having to embrace the fact that I have hearing aids. And I've, been, I've had hearing loss since I was three, and that's probably the biggest thing I had to learn to be confident with, was um, people seeing that I, my disability, you could see it once you realized I had hearing aids. Um, and I really struggled with my own voice for a long time. So when I was younger, that was what was made fun of was my voice and that it sounded different and I couldn't pronounce certain words or say certain words. Um, that really took a lot of healing and realizing that that is who I am and I would not be Emma, would not be myself without the struggles that I was going through. And then really learning that the freedom of embracing the fact that I was different and I had hearing aids and I, my voice is different. And now as an adult, I actually sign a lot because my hearing got progressively worse. I'm kind of in the deaf community as like a signer as well. Um, and just realizing that those were the things that made me beautiful and those were the things that were going to help other people. So now my job full-time is running a nonprofit. And um, this is my sixth year, I've, we, I started it and then been um, working to, to launch this mission for about six years and it's just absolutely thriving. But um, I love what we get to do because now we get to help other kids and teenagers receive some of the healing and help and a lot of that confidence of just accepting who they are. It's just so interesting that you say that because from what I understand, it's like your style evolved with your confidence and with your like self-love and with just learning that yes, like you're different mm -hmm. than maybe some of your friends at school, but you're still a beautiful and strong woman. So I love how there was like, how did that come about? Like, was it, so when you were in high school, you just decided to get funky with fashion? decided to try new things? Yes, I would say it really came with confidence of hearing loss, like realizing, you know, it's okay to be set apart. I don't want to be the cookie cutter about my friends are dressing like, and the way that they acted or wore their hair, just realizing, you know, that I'm already different, why not embrace it on all scales? So I was the girl that would go to thrift stores and find really funky pieces and wear it. Um, the girl that would wear, you know, really weird earrings and mismatch things. And so I think also I went to a, a private school where you were a uniform. 
So when I finally got to like express it, you know, on the weekends or after school, it was just like, I'm gonna be different and unique. Um, but yeah, cause it's just the thing doing, I was like, that does not look good, um, my body type. And so as an adult, that's the most compliment I probably get on fashion is like, you really know how to dress your body and you learn certain lines and you know certain colors. And so it just had involved so much from when I was younger trying so hard to fit in. But I really think it was the confidence of like, I'm already different. I already am unique. So why not embrace it in my fashion too? I love that. That's like, I don't know. I just feel like we need more of that in the fashion industry. So much of it is the same and it's just so boring. So I love that we have people like Mm -hmm. you inspiring, even, you know, you obviously are inspiring deaf and hard of hearing children and teens, but you Mm -hmm. also inspire, you know, hearing people as well. Like as far as like your eyes, I've definitely taken a few notes looking at some of your Instagram posts. So it's, it's amazing. And we love it, but a huge part of developing a style like you've developed, right? You find really cool, Mm -hmm. interesting pieces. You're not just shopping on Amazon and Forever 21 online. You're finding really interesting things. So when you were a teenager Mm -hmm. shopping, like how difficult was that for you to go into shops and maybe a shopkeeper wasn't aware of how to properly and effectively communicate with you? Like, was it more difficult for you than maybe with your friends? Yeah, I would say, especially now that we're living in COVID era um, with masks. So it used to be, I could kind of figure out how to interact and kind of adapt. But now with masks, I mean, that's all I do is, because in Texas, I think it's a lot more open. You can still get stories and stuff. Um, But now it's just switched to online completely just because interacting with people right now is impossible for me but even going up the way instances and retail stores where um shopkeepers where they just were so unaware of what I needed um or they would follow me around like ask questions and like come up behind me <laughs> and then I'd get oh my gosh I have no idea someone was there talking to me and it, you know, it scares you a little bit because that person right next to me talking to me um but even things like trying to find the size anything that's visual that could help you know point out okay I'm this size I'm looking for this style um because there's things you're needing help and then you can't seem to communicate what you're looking for what size you need or, um but even just checking out can be stressful because if there's like a sale or something and I'm trying to utilize whatever that like coupon or something on an email to get a discount, sometimes that will happen. Or the worst is when they need your phone number. And this always happens to me. When they need your phone number, like to make sure you have like your reward points or something, like your system, your email. Even. So I struggle to say numbers and letters sometimes they sound the same um so when I'm saying my phone number or my email they always mix it up it's always not clear they always think I said like a six instead of instead of a four so then it's like super frustrating 
for like five times. I'm repeating it. So finally, like figuring out, I either have to type it for them or I type it out on my phone and I show them. So I've done that many times. I literally take the keyboard and finish typing up. Um, that is so to funny. tell them. <laughs> you just have to do Isn't it. That funny? Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, you're not getting it. It's okay. I know my voice mixes up sounds, but um, that's just one example, probably. That is really difficult to do. So when you run into situations like that, and when I can imagine that gets really frustrating uh, at times, would you say that shopkeepers or retail employees are generally like cool about it? You know, are they generally kind and receptive or do you run into more confusion and frustration than anything else? Yeah, I, I mean, every once in a while, I'll get someone who's very aware because they'll be like, oh, my cousin's deaf. Or, oh, I, you know, I dated a guy that signed. Like they, they sometimes that happens, most of the time it's more like, uh, you know, you're a customer. Like people don't always have that customer service heart. It's more like, okay, this is a job. But if people were more customer service, they're like, Okay, let me try to understand and make this easier. But I think sometimes it's like they're in a hurry. Like it's the next person coming in. Um, so yeah, I would say most of the time it's more like they're confused, they're getting frustrated because they want to move on, you know. Um, but it is a good teaching point for me. I, I try so hard to not get angry or frustrated, just like be patient and use it as a teaching point. Like, the reason. I'm having trouble is because I do have hearing loss and you keep turning away to look away or you know you come up behind me so just things like that it, you can use it as a teaching point although I'm frustrated you know mm. um just to figure it out yeah I mean I think that's really cool that you maintain such a positive you know outlook on it rather than just letting it ruin your day because trust me I get it you know I'll be shopping trying to get a sweater and I'm just like just let me buy the damn sweater you know like I just want to leave so I can I yes, just yes. <laughs> like come on let's yes. go so I think that I mean gosh you must have the patience of a saint but you were talking about education and I know that through your work that's something that you're really passionate about and you even worked with uh Governor Greg Abbott on you know like mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly what it was that you were doing but I would love to hear about mm -hmm. what changes you wish to see as far as like including the deaf community in these sort of transactions and public spaces yes um so I said still I got reappointed for the second time um with Governor Greg Abbott in Texas, he appointed me for um, the Committee on People with Disabilities. So not only am I advocating for the deaf community, but also the population with disabilities. And that's a whole nother um, layer. I mean, that's, how do you even get to public? No wheelchair ramp, but I'm at a press buttons to open the doors. Um, now, I have an even larger sign of a disability where I have a slavish dog and a big black lab. He wears a slavish dog coat and he's just precious. But all of a sudden it's like, 
I have this big dog. So I've had it happen. I come up, oh, no dogs allowed in the store. And then I'm like, it's a service dog. Like, I am here. I'm coming in the store. So it's always that teaching moment of tension. Um, but that's probably the most recent thing I've advocated for that involves the deaf community is, um, you know, education, of course, it's always how do you make this accessible for teenagers um, and children and college and that whole realm, but, also, um, but with public spaces, so probably involving like, the fashion industry, it would have to do with, um, especially with the mask, that right now is probably the biggest thing of not getting accommodated or even like movie theaters, not having captioning devices. For stories, I would say in the fashion industry, it's not being able to call on the phone. Um, because if I'm trying to figure out if the store is open, if something's available, I cannot pick up the phone and call normally. I can't hear. So that's what I would say is the biggest issue is a lot of stories, they don't have any way that you can text back and forth, you could email back and forth. Like it's always a call thing. What happened is I have, I have this like dinosaur machine that's called a video phone. So I have to go find my video phone, sit at a desk then use an interpreter to call the store versus me just like texting that I want to check if this is still in stock. Um, that's probably the biggest thing I can see and what we have to ask is just a way that we can communicate that's not over the phone. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting because we are doing that right now. We have the technology for this, you know? Um, for those of you who are listening at home, if I didn't mm-hmm. say already- We're doing Zoom. Yeah, we're on Zoom right now so that Emma can both see me and read my lips as we communicate. So I think we're on opposite ends of the world right now. So I feel like we have the technology to do this and we just need to know why. Like, why isn't it more normal to video chat with people in commerce rather than your friends? Because we do it every day. I mean, you know, Gen Z is always on FaceTime. Mm-hmm. They're always video calling me. I mean, my sister will just FaceTime me to say, Hey, what's up? Like, I mean, she doesn't even have anything to show me, but we, we do it. So that's really interesting. And I never really like even considered like, wow. Even something- and I mean, also, yeah, I can't pick up the phone. Um, so, but yeah, now they I think now they have uh, video phones, interpreter companies, where you can have an iPad and call up an interpreter in person. So if a deaf person came in the store, you can't communicate. There's like apps now that you can call in an interpreter to help facilitate that conversation with the iPad right there. So there's just a lot out there to help. Yeah, I about. you know, like big companies, I feel like, they really, I mean, because we see so many laws and about like for physical disabilities, right? You know, we have to have mm-hmm. a certain number of handicapped spots. You have to have a ramp, an elevator, you know, we see so much of that. And like, we love that. We are here for that. That's amazing. We want accessibility for all people. 
but I just feel like the deaf community is just left out of a lot of these conversations. And it seems like the solution yes. is so simple. Just get an app or get a video phone or, you know, just basic training, you know, like, whereas for all of these other things, we've made huge accommodations, like putting an elevator in a store is not necessarily easy, but we do it. So I just, mm -hmm. you know, it's just so interesting that the problems that you've brought up and the things that you struggle with when you're shopping are things that are fixable. It's not like you have this impossible problem. There's no solution to. Yes, there's solutions. I think because it's not a disability, you can see. Because right. I'll come into the store and, and the way she's like, oh, you don't look deaf. And I'm like, does deaf look like something? What? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. It's my ears. It's not, it's that something, you know. So things like that, I'm like, what? I don't look deaf. Um, so there's just a lot out there that people don't realize how simple it is because even now we can video phone, you can type back and forth. But I would say one of the biggest needs in the community is probably employment. Um, because the deaf community is 70% unemployed, 90% underemployed. That's not, so a lot of times what happens is they will get this incredible degree because in the States, it pays for your tuition, but then you can't find a job because people aren't willing to learn what it would take to hire that person. And deaf people make incredible employees because they are super visual. They will adapt to any situation. And especially like in a retail shop, um, we have a girl that works in the Apple store here in town. And people say she is the best salesperson. She cannot use her voice. She only interacts and typing. But she always sells the products because she shows them all these cool tech, tech things. Mm -hmm. She knows that the deaf person. Um, so everybody I talk to, they're always like, oh my gosh, this girl sold me like an iPhone, um, a computer, like an iPad all on one day because she kept showing me how it all worked together so well, whatever. So um, yeah, so just, just that's an important need to start hiring the deaf. And then a lot of that is just being willing instead of giving morning instructions verbally, write it out, have a written outline for them. Um, show them visually how to do a task. So once you show them one time, they're gonna remember it because they're so visual, they're gonna keep doing it the way that you showed them. So just those are some thoughts as well. Yeah, that's really interesting that you say that as well, because I mean, we always say, you know, when you take one sense away, um, well, let me get my light back on. Other senses, oh, sorry. So we always say that when you take one sense away, your other senses are heightened. And it's like, if you don't, if you're not able to passively hear a conversation and you actually have to sit there and look somebody in the face and understand what they're saying, you only have to say it one time, right? Like you don't have to sit there. There's no like, oh yeah, I, I heard you, but I didn't hear you. No, like with communicating with, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it just seems like 
if when communicating and I, my experience, most of my experiences with you, uh, mm -hmm. communicating in the deaf community, which is something that I need to work on. I need more deaf friends. Like this is not okay. And like, every time I talk to you, it's like, you understand every single thing because you've heard every single word in your own way. And you've like, not only have you read it, you've processed it in your mind and you've seen it. So it's just really cool. I just, you know, and I agree with you. We need to hire more deaf people in the workplace, especially in fashion. Like, and fashion is just such a creative industry and deaf people are so creative. I mean, they will, I just like, I, I totally visualize like shop displays and um, even like inventive ways to work with customers. Like this is, this is what they're gifted at because of not having the sense of hearing. And it is true, like all of a sudden I become hyper-focused on trying to communicate and understand. And so there is something in my brain that's happening. I mean, I'm, I'm committing that because I'm trying so hard to understand all of a sudden, it's just amazing. So when I went to school for the first time, um, I went from a small town, I had no deaf support, no resources, no accommodations. And I did fine, but I was exhausted. I mean, I was having overwork to understand. Once I got to my university, they gave me every sort of accommodation, captioning, interpreting, and I all of a sudden became top five of my university at graduation because I had not known. I spent so much of my life trying just to catch up to average that once I was given what I needed to understand, I was way above average. So this is just something that you can think about when you hire someone deaf is they're having to work five times as hard um, and they're hearing coworkers. So there is something very unique about hiring someone with a disability. First of all, they're super grateful. They'll probably be there long-term. There won't be as much turnover because once they get a job, they're gonna really stay there long-term. And then um, the other thing would be, you're hiring someone that's had to work so much harder than everybody else to be there and they're gonna be grateful and then also just the visual aspect of creativity yeah that's so true I mean you know finding good employees is so hard and I feel yeah, so hard you know, like it's and it just must have been so hard for you too like being mm -hmm. in your school in your small town feeling like, am I stupid? Like why, you know, I'm sure that was terrible for your self-esteem. So then you get to college and you're like, wait, wait a minute. Like once mm -hmm. there's equality and once I'm starting at the same place that everyone else is starting at, things are looking up, you know, like <laughs> I'm doing really well and you kicked butt. Like, yes, it's true. Like, it was just, it was one of those moments your, my whole life, I believed I wasn't smart enough. Something was wrong with me. I really did think I had a learning disability. What well, was hearing loss? But um, so once I got to school with the university, it was amazing just to see simple things that they did really launched me to be an amazing student. So that's just something to keep in mind as people are hiring to go and look and find deaf communities close by because they are desperate for work. And so if you say yes and you hire them and you just invest in them and that 
time in the front, they're going to be a long-time employee. Yeah, I think that that's just so important. And it's an undertapped community as well. I mean, it's like you have all of these incredible creatives and visual people who like literally live relying on their visual capacities. And it's like, why wouldn't we hire? Like, I don't know, as somebody who's in in, in the fashion industry, working with fashion every day, I'm like, why would I, why wouldn't I want somebody who like literally relies on their visual senses every single day in order to tell me what looks right? Like, I'm sure that you just have such a better understanding of colors and of movement and, you know, like physical cues too. So when you're doing a commercial, like hiring a deaf person on set to be like, oh, like that body language is really weird. Like, I think that we should do something different because you're perceptive of those things. And And that's another interesting point, marketing with someone deaf. Um, I think it was Gap that did this. They had a little baby that had hearing aids and all the baby Gap ads. And it was just the best thing that happened because all of the moms that had babies that had hearing loss, they saw their own child on the screen, you know, and on these advertisements. So that's, that'd be very special because we're very, we're very much moving to where every single advertisement, we're wanting to have inclusivity that, you know, someone who is a person of color, someone who has a unique need, but you don't always see someone deaf. And that to me would be amazing. Can you imagine like a fashion ad where they're signing or they have a cochlear implant? Those are things that people are looking for, people that look like them in fashion. And we're kind of moving away from the stereotypical looks and and body types. So it's nice. It would be so nice to see someone that had a disability. Right. And people, you know, with disabilities are also consumers, you know, and I think you've proven that yourself. You have a great sense of style. You always have a beautiful outfit whenever you go somewhere. You always look put together. So like, I just think that's so interesting because like, you know, think about like luxury, luxury brands like Louis Vuitton and, you know, Chanel, big, you know, French brands. Like you that people want to buy that stuff too. So it just, it just doesn't seem inclusive at all. And we're sitting here and we're talking about, you know, like the color of somebody being, you know, presented in fashion and being represented. And we love that. Like we love all of the inclusivity, but it just doesn't feel complete yet. You know, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't feel like everyone is included in the narrative. Yes. It's so true. I mean, to me, I remember brands that did something special with someone with a disability. And so I think we're past the point of like, you just need good fashion. I think you need to have a social impact. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're seeing a lot in just marketing in general is they're looking for something more meaningful than just good clothes. And that's what really is getting your branding out there. So I'm ready for the first luxury brand that does something with someone deaf. Um, So that would be amazing to see that. Well, 
Um, hopefully, uh, and to anyone listening, if you want to hire me after graduation, uh, wink, wink, like it, shameless plug <laughs> there, <laughs> I am vowing right now, we will work together in the future on this exact topic, because I feel like it's so important and, um, it's just awesome. Like, I just, I, I love seeing the progress that's being done now, but we're just not even close to being done yet. And there's so yeah. much more, and I don't have to tell you that you, you do this all day long. So <laughs> Yes, it's teaching every day. Well, just so you know, it happens on like a, a policy level that Americans with Disabilities Act only passed in 1990. So people with disabilities and hearing loss have only had rights for 30 years. Wow. So we're still catching up. So just think about what we're seeing with many other communities where it's been years of oppression following the civil rights acts but just imagine like the disability community just had rights and a law that protects them in the 90s that's so it's not that long ago it's not that long I was born in the 90s like (laughs) you just 30 years ago in the 90s I was like oh my god I think I'm gonna be no and what does that mean for us yes oh no (laughs) but um I mean I just Wow. I think that the work that you're doing is absolutely incredible. And I'm just so excited to continue our friendship and to continue learning from you in this capacity, because I feel like your story is a fashionable story. And um, anyway, I just, I want to say thank you so much, like for doing this for me, for, for talking with me and educating me. I feel like I just learned so much. I have to journal about it tonight. I mean, I just, I learned so much. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Again, a million thanks to Emma Fay. I mean, guys, wasn't that incredible? She is easily one of the most impressive people I've ever met, and she's doing so many incredible things for the deaf community. And I firmly believe that the fashion industry has much to learn from her. So thank you, dear. Our next guest is Luke Christian. He is in influencer in the fashion and beauty space and grooming for our gentlemen as well. He is also deaf. He just launched his new line, Deaf Identity, and his brand is in the beginning of its life. So I'm so excited to learn from him to see what his life as a fashion creator has been like and how the fashion industry has embraced his line. Hi, Luke. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you for taking time out of your day to answer some of my questions. So first off, uh, why don't you just tell me a little bit about yourself? This is the first time that we're actually meeting. Uh, We've never actually seen each other in person. So tell me about you. Where are you from? And uh, what is it that you do for work? My name is Luke Christian. I'm based in Yorkshire in the United Kingdom. And I founded the brand Deaf Identity back in September 2019. And I only ever created that as kind of like a little side hustle, but it ended up becoming my full-time job. So now I'm an entrepreneur and I'm deaf as well. It's so nice to meet you, Luke. Thank you so much for spending time to be here today. So tell me more about Deaf Identity. How did this brand come to be? What inspired you? How did you get started? 
Growing up as a deaf person, I was always told how to act and how to be. And I was always told, you know, how deaf I actually was. So people used to say to me, oh, well, you've got good speech, so you're not really deaf. You don't look like a deaf person. If you're really deaf, then how can you um, talk? Why do you wear hearing aids? Um, if you can speak and you can't sign, then you're not really a deaf person. So I was always kind of like being told what to do. And I just got to a point where I am deaf and I don't need anyone else to tell me how I am. So I kind of set up Deaf Identity because I wanted to create the brand that empowered other deaf people and to show them that to show them and to show the world that there's absolutely no right or wrong way of being deaf. It's all about how you identify as a deaf person. So I first got the idea of Deaf Identity back in June 2019 and it was just after Deaf Awareness Week. My mum came into my room and she said that she wanted to wear something that represented like who she was, a deaf person and stuff like that for Deaf Awareness Week. And she said she looked on the internet and there was nothing and the things that were on there were kind of a little bit um, tacky is the word that she used and um, so it kind of like planted the seed here and there and then I just kind of went for it and I just wrote down all the basic steps in terms of setting it up. I've got no business qualifications, I've got no fashion qualifications either, I just kind of went with my gut, just did everything very kind of step by step and that, for me, that's worked for me because if I'd sat back and think, how am I going to do this? It would just overwhelm me and I would never have got started. So actually seeing things written down, ticking them off step by step was a great way for me to sort of crack on and get Deaf Identity out there. Um, and like I said, it was only ever meant to be sort of a side hustle because I do blogging as well. So I do like male grooming and fashion lifestyle. And um, I also raised deaf awareness on my social media platforms and that kind of became like my full-time job. So the Deaf Identity fashion brand was just kind of something that was only ever meant to be like on the side. And I just wanted to merge my love for fashion with raising deaf awareness in a very modern, chic, relevant kind of way because I think that when people think of deaf people, it's kind of old-fashioned and it's kind of something that only affects old people but I was born deaf my mum's deaf my sister's deaf uncle grandma cousin and so on it affects like five generations in my family and we were all born completely deaf and I think it's something that I try to show the world that it doesn't just it's not something that you just get through old age there are people like me and many more, and there are other people who just use sign language, and there's people like me who are oral, and then there's people in between that don't know what sort of world that they fit in, which is exactly how I felt. So that's how Deaf Identity sort of came about. Oh my gosh, well that's really cool, and I think that it's really interesting how you've taken your personal experience and turned it not only into art, but into a brand, and I think that Deaf Identity, your t-shirts and your merch, it's all so cool and it's so modern. And I think it's exactly what this industry needs right now. So thank you for creating it. But speaking on the fashion industry, as a designer and a creator, 
How did the industry embrace you as a person who is deaf? Did you feel like your brand has been taken seriously? Have you gotten positive, you know, reinforcements from critics? How's it going? I feel like because deaf identity is still quite new, you know, it was launched in September 2019, so it's just like a year and a couple of months kind of thing. I don't feel that the fashion industry are that aware just yet like obviously you know I'm still in the process of growing the brand and the business and things like that but from the people that I've come into contact with they've all been like blown away and it's said that it's completely changed their perception and it's made them realize how more how much more there is still to do in terms of being more inclusive and more diverse and I just feel and this is another thing why I set up deaf identity as well is because we live in a world where everyone's talking about equality and diversity and everything like that but for me growing up I was just sort of like well where's the representation for deaf people there was nobody in the public eye there was nothing and you know if celebrities were interviewed about being deaf and stuff it was all very kind of like an embarrassment in a way it was almost like you should be ashamed of being deaf and like you know people used to have the hair long so that they could cover the hearing aids and I'm the complete opposite of that you know I show off my hearing aids wherever I can and I have like hearing aid fashion jewellery and stuff like that to sort of decorate them and things like that but um, I think in terms of the fashion industry since I launched it in September 2019 to now it does feel like there's more inclusivity and I think the global pandemic has definitely allowed people to really voice their opinions on social media. And I think over time, the fashion industry is starting to wake up and they're starting to realise that actually things have to change and they've got to change because they can't stay how they used to be pre-pandemic because nothing was ever moving forward. It was kind of like stuck in time and stuff. So I think it's an exciting time and I'm excited to see where and how far deaf identity will go. Luke, I'm so glad that you're getting positive reception for your brand. Guys, I'm not just kidding when I tell you his stuff is so cool. He's got great hoodies, t-shirts. They can even do custom sign language, whatever you want to say, you know, essentially printed on a shirt, which I think is really cool and really exciting. And it's a great gift for both hearing and deaf people in your lives. So definitely check out his website, deafidentity.com, because the stuff is all so cool. I promise. Thank you so much, Luke, for spending time to be with us today. And I really appreciate learning more about you and your brand and your growing business. We're rooting for you. And I can't wait to watch you become an international success. So unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today. I just want to say another huge thank you to Emma Faye and Luke for teaching me about what it's like to be in the fashion industry as a deaf person. I feel like I've learned so much and I am so ready to take on this fashion industry and create a more inclusive space for all consumers. Thank you all so much for listening this week. Next week, one of my incredible classmates has an incredible podcast lineup for you. So please make sure that you're back next week to listen. Thank you all so much for being here and I hope you have a wonderful week.